we're continuing our series, Ordinary Extras. And we're looking at a couple of women. I'm not going to tell you who they are just yet. But uh, I think it's really amazing because um, in the culture of the, when the Bible was written or, or when the events happened that they were written about, uh, the culture was very male orientated. Okay, so male leadership and male, males had a voice and a vote. And uh, women were kind of like second-class citizens. But, um, you know, the love, I love that about Jesus is that every single person, didn't matter what race they were, what religion, what, if they were a male or a female, when they came to Jesus, he treated them with the same level of godliness and love. And he answered their questions. You know, if they came seeking for, um, for help, he would help them. And he never turned anyone away. But he always left them changed or with a challenge to change and um, I love these two women because um, they're really not mentioned much at all in the Bible and um, tonight we're looking at um, these two women if you've got your Bibles I want you to introduce you to one of them all right and uh, it's in in Acts chapter 16 Oh, it's up on the screen. How about that? All right, let's read it together. Paul went first to Derby and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. So here we are introduced to a woman. And she happens to be a Jewish believer. Paul calls her a, a Jewish believer. Now that means she's a Christian, but she was brought up in the Jewish faith. Okay. Now, we could read over this and just think that's all she is, but there's something else there that we could, that we could find out about this woman, is that she may have been somewhat of a backslidden Jew. She may have grown up in, the, in a religious household with all the festivals and all the feasts and all the rituals and all the, all the Bible stories and, and all of that history and tradition. But we see here in Acts that uh, this Jewish believer, this woman, she was married to a Greek man or, well, her son had a Greek father. That's all we know. We're not quite sure if they were married. But her son had a Greek father and that's very non-Jewish. I mean, these days, it's, it's fine, you know, we, it's not a problem at all. But here is a, a woman who seems to have backslidden, has seemed to have turned her back on her family's tradition and, and gone after a Greek man, which is a, the wrong thing. No offense to any Greek men watching tonight. There's nothing wrong with you guys, okay? It's nothing wrong. But here we can see that there's a difference, right? We can learn something about this Jewish believer this Christian woman whose son was Timothy, that she had a bit of a, maybe a checkered past, maybe. All right, so here's one of the women. Let's have a look at 2, uh, two Timothy, the next scripture, 2 Timothy and um, uh, verse 1 of chapter 1. Timothy, this is Paul writing, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy 
when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith. Now, here is um, Paul writing to Timothy, all right? this, this man, this, this son of this Jewish believing woman. And, in, and as they were in that town of Lystra in Acts, Paul's visited that town and he's noticed that Timothy, there was something special about Timothy. He, he noticed that the, the, the townships of Lystra and Iconium thought well of Timothy. In other words, this young man called Timothy, who grew up in a mixed family. In fact, what we find out about Timothy's father is nothing more than what we find in Acts chapter 16. He's not mentioned at all in the rest of the Bible, which, which makes us believe that he either walked away on the family or he just he died or he wasn't present. And so this Timothy, he, he would have been an outcast to start with, but somehow he was thought well of in Lystra and Iconium. So much so that when Paul came to visit, he noticed something special about Timothy. He noticed something special about that kid. You know what we can learn from this that's really encouraging? It doesn't matter what your background is. God notices you. God notices you. And, and God noticed Timothy through Paul. And Paul no, noticed that t this Timothy guy was something special about him so much that he invited Timothy to come with him on his ministry trip, on his mission trip, his second ministry journey around, around Asia. And, and, and in, in fact, he ends up leaving Timothy in charge of the church in Ephesus, like in charge. He trusts this kid, this young believer so much that he leaves him in charge of an entire church in Ephesus, which I think is amazing. There must have been something special about this kid. He was well thought of by the community and Paul. And here we see, oh, and here we see in 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, that he was, uh, that he had, at the end here we see, he had a genuine faith. He had a genuine faith. Paul noticed that he had a genuine faith. All right. He was well thought of and he had a genuine faith. How did he get that genuine faith? Well, I put it to you that it was all to do with his mother and his grandmother. He, he was part of it. He was the legacy of this Jewish believing woman. And we see here in, in the beginning of 2 Timothy, in verse 5, Paul says, I remember your genuine faith to Timothy, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. A genuine faith, a real faith. In fact, it's beautiful, this Greek word that Paul uses here for Timothy's faith. You might have it in your Bible as sincere faith, or real faith, or genuine faith in the New Living Translation. It's actually a word in Greek that's a negative. It's, it, Paul says, um, I remember your not fake faith. He remembers that his faith wasn't fake. Actually, it's the word anipokritos. Hippokritos, all right? It just means hypocrite, right? Hypocrite. But the word before is, is, is not and, and hypocritos, not hypocritical. In other words, what you see this kid do, this Timothy do, or his mother do, or his grandmother do, was exactly what they believed. 
You know, it didn't matter what company they were in, they were who they were. And they left a legacy of faith. These two women, Eunice and Lois, their names are. Timothy's mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois, left a legacy of faith. This is all we read about these two women in the Bible. But how? How do we leave a legacy of faith? It turns out that these two women led a life of genuine faith. That they left Timothy as a legacy. Now, how, now you might want to say, how do I leave a legacy? How do I live a life so I know when I die, I actually leave some footprints on the earth that make a difference in the form of people. All right, here's just four things that I found. Hopefully we can get them up on the screen. But the first one is this. The first one is this really simple, model genuine faith. He says, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Model genuine faith. Not fake, genuine. And it's really cool that what Paul says is, is it first filled your grandmother Lois. So it turns out that Timothy, we've, we hear a lot about Timothy. We hear a lot about him in the Bible as Paul's, accompany, uh, as Paul's partner in ministry. But first off, Lois came to faith. Lois put a faith in Jesus. And because she put a faith in Jesus, then, and she put that faith in Jesus, it was a genuine faith. She lived it out. Her family, her daughter then could see that faith. Regardless of her daughter's backsliding or whatever, she saw in her mother, Lois, something genuine, something real. You know, our church, our motto is real people getting real with the real God. Real people. Real people. If you've got problems, show them. If, real people. Getting real. Getting real means just to be honest and make, make, a, make a choice every day to be more like what God wants you to be. You're getting real with a real God. He's not a fake God. He's not some sort of God that, you know, he's just happy if we sing to him or if we just turn up the church or if we just pay our money into the plate. You know, he actually wants us to change. He actually is a real God. He, he wants us to know him. He wants us to experience his love every single day. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to, not just on a Sunday, just to open our Bibles, but every single day. He wants, to, he wants us to read about him every single day. He's a real God. And he wants real people, genuine people, getting honest and real with him. And I believe Lois was one of those people. You know, she's not famous. And that's the point of this series, Ordinary Extras, is that God's really not up, he's not looking for famous people or people that are willing to step up in front of the crowd or to serve at church on the stage. He doesn't really care about that. He's after their heart. And, he's, and we see here in Lois a genuine heart, a faith that was real. And it was real enough to be passed on to her daughter, Eunice. And then Eunice had that same faith. She was filled with that same faith, a genuine faith. She modeled what she believed in her life, so much so that her son, Timothy, even without a father figure in his life, 
knew what it was to have genuine faith. Not fake faith, but real faith. You are, like, what you are on a Sunday is exactly what you are on a Monday. It doesn't matter if we put you in a pub or in a church, you're the same person. Does that make sense? Model genuine faith. Simple. Everyone's watching. Those Timothys in your life, they're watching. All right? Just model genuine faith. Second one is this. Be a trustworthy person. Paul says to Timothy, Paul says to Timothy at the end of this letter in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14, after he talks about how there's going to be end times and how evil people are going to get more prosperous and, and you know, bad stuff's going to happen more, Paul says to Timothy, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You can trust those who taught you. You know, people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and parents, I'm a parent, five children, they know what I believe because it doesn't come out of my mouth. It comes out of my life. Be a trustworthy person. They don't have to, the Timothys in your life don't have to like you, but they, but they need to trust you. They need to trust you. You need to be able to live a life of integrity in front of them and be a, a man or a woman of your word. Be trustworthy. Isn't that an interesting word, trustworthy? Worthy of their trust. You know, those Timothys, those young people or those young disciples or whoever they are that, that look up to all of us, they're actually, they just want the most important thing that we can give them is honesty, that they can trust us. I know when you're going for a job, one of the best things you can put in your resume is to, just to say that you're an honest person, a trustworthy person, and have a record of that trustworthiness. If you work on your own and all that sort of thing. Being a trustworthy person is really important when leaving a legacy, if you want to leave a legacy in this, in this world. Because people are watching. Those Timothys are watching. Those Eunices are watching. Those backsliding children, they're watching, right? They're watching. The third thing is this. It's really simple. Two words. Teach Bible. Teach Bible. Just teach Bible. In verse 15, Paul goes on in that uh, 2 Timothy 3, um, verse 15. He says, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Now that's interesting because it says here that Timothy has been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, right? So his grandmother, Lois, with her Jewish history and traditions, they would have learned all about the, you know, the stories and through the Passover festival and all the other festivals, all the stories of God's redemption and the promise of God sending a Messiah to redeem his people. And eventually she sees this coming to fruition in the person of Jesus. And so Lois puts her trust and faith in Jesus as the Messiah, as her Messiah, being a Jewish uh, woman. Now she's a believer in Jesus. And all the scriptures that she was taught, all of those memory verses that she did and the songs that she would have learned as a child, like in Sunday school, so to speak, all of those would just make more sense because she now has God's spirit in her from believing in Jesus. All those 
all those old scriptures, all those old stories. You know, I've heard people say we don't need the Old Testament anymore. Yes, we do. All those stories point to Jesus. They all point to Jesus. You know, Jesus had this conversation with these religious people one day um, about this thing, about this very fact. And, and they said, um, he said to them, you search the scriptures for you think in them you find life. But here was Jesus, the light, the light of the world, the life, the eternal life, standing in front of them. And they didn't even recognize that he was the Messiah. You know, you can actually have all those scriptures and all those memory verses and all those Bible stories and grow up in Sunday school and do all the traditional stuff and miss and miss what they're supposed to point you to. It, it, teach, teach Bible, though, first. Paul says that those scriptures gave Timothy the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So the salvation comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. But he says, you actually got that wisdom from all of those lessons that you learned from your mum, Eunice, and your grandmother, Lois. I don't want to speak to any Loises and Eunices tonight. You might be a male, okay? Someone's looking up to you and they're, they're looking to you for a role model for faith, for genuine faith. They're trying to trust you. You need to teach Bible. It could just be in, and not just on a Sunday. Don't just take them to church and get them to learn Bible on a Sunday. Teach Bible yourself. You know, like you could be in a, in, just out, out in the countryside and, and you notice something that reminds you of a Bible verse and just bring that up, you know, or, or maybe your children come to you and say, hey, dad, someone at school said this about the mark of the beast. What does that mean? You know, and enter into that conversation. You don't have to be a theological expert. All right, you could just say to them, actually, I don't know, but how about we explore that together when we open our Bible and read together? You know, that's the sort of thing I'm saying. To leave a legacy, you need to actually just teach Bible. Teach Bible. Bring it into the conversation. Make it part of your lives. Talk about what you learned in the Bible around the dinner table when you're eating together at, uh, after the day. You know, what did God tell you? Or what did you learn about God today? You know? What did you do at youth group or at school or at work? Teach Bible. Paul goes on actually after that, after in verse 16, he says these words, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when, our, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I was made to go to Sunday school. I didn't have a relationship with God. But I learned those Bible verses and those stories, you know, and they were instilled in my heart. And when I put my trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit was then able to use those memories and those stories and just breathe life and, and give them three dimensions rather than just two on a page. And that's what it says in verse 17. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So genuine faith, model genuine faith, be a trustworthy person, teach Bible. The fourth one, the last one is really important and it's really long. Lovingly guide towards dependence upon God. Lovingly guide toward dependence upon God. Now I've got here um, a learner's plate because I want to use this as an illustration. My kids, um, we've got two, two adults, obviously, you know, and they're driving. 
But at the moment, we're sitting in the passenger seat with one of our kids, and it's really fun. But can I tell you, I just want to be genuine. I want to model genuine faith right now and be a trustworthy person and be open and honest with everyone. The first time that I sat in the seat, in the passenger seat of a car with every single one of my children that have learned to drive, I have been afraid. I have literally been afraid to actually sit in the passenger seat with my 16-year-old daughter or son in charge of a vehicle where I don't have any hands on the steering wheel or any feet on any pedals. I don't even have my hand on the, on the gear knob or the, or the handbrake. All I've got to do is fold my hands and give instructions. Now, this, it's scary, but over time, look, it was scary for my parents too, I'm sure, when I did it as well. But over time, the plan is to get this person to a situation where they can go, you know what, I think I can be in charge of this vehicle myself. You know, and, and we've got two people now driving cars and they're doing a great job. We've got three people driving cars and they're doing a great job, but two people are in charge of the vehicle themselves. You know, and that's the, I guess that's what I'm saying here is lovingly guide these Timothys in our life or these people that look up to us towards their own dependence upon God. Their own dependence so that they can be independently dependent on God and, and have God as their own God. So they can walk anywhere and know that he's with them and they can talk with him anywhere they like. They can ask him the hard questions and if, and if he doesn't respond, they can ask me. Or Proverbs 22 verse 6 says these words, Train up a child in the way he should go, or she should go, teaching them to seek God's wisdom and will for their abilities and talents. Even when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's the amplified version. Train up a child in the way they should go, teaching them to seek God's wisdom and will for their abilities and talents. Even when they are old, they will not depart from it. In other words, God has a plan for those people for those people that is not exactly like me, you know, in, in, the, in the illustration of a child. They're their own people, and God's given them their own special abilities and their own special talents. And we should never expect our children or our Timothys in our life that are looking up to us to be exactly like us, because God has a plan for them. And the point is that we, we should, as the, like Eunice and, and Lois, just be there to lovingly guide towards dependence upon, upon God. And sometimes that's like sitting in the passenger seat with our hands folded in prayer. Powerless, but lovingly guiding, using our words to affirm them, to encourage them, to tell them, actually, that's not the right thing to do. You should do this, you know, as far as uh, road rules go or life goes, you know. Speak into their lives lovingly guide towards dependence and then one day you just let them go and see how they see how they go see how they fly so these are the four things that i think would be really beneficial to leave a legacy like Eunice and, and lois which is what what's, this is what they've done they have actually done this and they've left a legacy called timothy okay timothy was used by god in amazing ways 
But if it wasn't for Lois and Eunice and their genuine faith being modeled to him, themselves being trustworthy people, you know, sharing, the, sharing what they've learned about God to Timothy, if they hadn't been teaching the Bible to Timothy, if they hadn't been lovingly guiding him towards his own dependence upon God, then he wouldn't have been well thought of in any town, let alone Iconium or Lystra. He would, have been, he would not have been noticed by Paul and used by God to, to pastor massive churches in Ephesus. He wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have been someone that we can look back on in centuries later. And, and you know, we get verses out of 2 Timothy, um, like, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. We wouldn't have verses like that to get us through our Mondays or Friday afternoons. He had genuine faith, a not fake faith, a faith that was real. And it was only because of the legacy that was left behind by two extraordinary, ordinary people, Lois and Eunice. They never gave up. Now, these four things are great, but they should not be just on their own. Ultimately, the, the most important thing that you can be doing to leave a legacy is, yeah, this, but with all of these, to cover them in prayer, to pray, to pray, to model genuine faith while you're praying, to be a trustworthy person in a prayerful relationship with God, to teach Bible and pray about that, to lovingly guide towards dependence on, on God by praying for that person, all right, every day, every day, pray for them. Don't give up, mums and dads. You've got backsliding unices. Pray for them. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. Because God is good and he has a plan that surpasses anything that you could ever dream or imagine. And you can leave an amazingly lasting legacy because of his power and work in your life, just using you as an ordinary person. How about we pray? Let's wrap it up. Father, we thank you so much that you have placed people in our lives, Lord, not just not our parent, couldn't might not be just a parent, Lord, but it could be people in our lives that actually model genuine faith to us, that we could look up to as we were believers growing up in you, that they were trustworthy people, Lord, and they taught the Bible. They didn't just take anyone's word for it. They always sought out what you said about something. And thank you, God, that they were people who prayed for us and, and longed to see us develop and flourish in our own individual walk with you. We just want to thank you so much for the Lois's and Eunice's in our lives. Some of them are alive still, Lord. So I pray that you'll help us to uh, thank them. But Lord, some of them are passed on and they have left a legacy. And so Lord, we, we give ourselves to you tonight and we pray that as we do that, as we live our lives for you, that we would be honouring to those people that have gone before us, those saints that have gone before us, the great cloud of witness, witnesses that have gone before us. Let us throw off all the things that hinder us and run with perseverance the race that you've marked out for us, God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, your Holy Spirit strengthening each and every day. God, help us to share your love, Lord, not just with songs and worship, not just with what we know, but how we live. May it come from the inside out, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.